Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, I guess, or evening, whatever it is where you are listening to this recording. You are listening to another episode of Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. And the name of this one, I really like it, is Chosen for Joy, Understanding God's Call to Happiness. And we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I just, I love this topic. I just think it's such a cool one and that, and that all believers should be doing these things that we're going to be talking about. So to get started, um, I am Dr. Melissa Rich, and the objective of this podcast is to help women connect with God regularly, to use his grace, power, might, and strength to improve just everything for them, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, uh, well-being, and health. There are four principles that I recommend using to do this. The first one is to keep our focus on God. This is one of those things that sounds so simple, so obvious. Well, of course, we would do that, and we get distracted all day long. We are So many things pop up. We are always being pulled away. So it is a continual process of putting your focus back on God. If you're doing it that way, you are doing it right. The next one is to acknowledge that we are not enough on our own. Ladies, we we aren't. We are not smart enough, strong enough, special enough, pretty enough, whatever it is, to do this on our own. We need God's help. And the older I get, the more I realize this is true. I need God's help in every area of my life. If I try to do it myself, in my own strength, in my own wisdom, and my own power, it does not end well. I, I definitely have learned that lesson. So we need to ask him for his help. The third thing is to remember it is about progress, not perfection. Thank goodness, really, thank goodness, God does not expect us to be perfect. He wants us to keep moving forward. He wants us to keep growing and learning. And if we are doing that, we're good. So don't, you know, beat yourself up if you make mistakes. Now, when you make mistakes, because you will. And then the fourth thing is to really work on consciously changing our thoughts. And this is because the messages that we give ourselves, good or bad, are tremendously important. They really affect how we think, how we feel, how we act, who we hang out with, what we do, everything. So if you are giving yourself a lot of negative, toxic, unhealthy messages, you are not going to be doing very well. I mean, that's just how it is. So figure out if you're doing that and then work on changing those thoughts so that you are giving yourself healthy, empowering messages. And part of that is really learning to see ourselves the way God sees us, which we just don't do that often. I think if we did, we really would treat ourselves and other people a lot differently. So the verse for this podcast is 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? I think a lot of times we forget that as well. We don't think about the fact that we are, I mean, not just by ourselves, but we are part of God's temple and his spirit dwells in us. And we forget that. So let me start off, as I always do, with a quick prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this topic today because I think it's so important. And I ask that you will be with the people who are listening, that this will be helpful to them and that they will, yeah, use it to improve their lives. Thank you so much for choosing us and for loving us. Amen. So a lot of what I am talking about today comes from the book Happiness by Randy Alcorn. It is one of my two favorite nonfiction Christian books. The other one is also by Randy Alcorn, and it's called Heaven. I recommend both of those highly. You know, I think this is such a timely topic because 
we all want to be happy. It's kind of a universal. I honestly have never met anyone who says, I want to be miserable. I want to be unhappy. I want to be anxious or sad or depressed. I mean, nobody says that because we don't want to do that. We all want to be happy. It is a desire that God has given to us, okay? We want that in our lives. And the good news is that throughout the Bible, God doesn't just say, go try to be happy. He commands us to be happy. It is not an option. He is saying, you must do this. You need to do this. And I'm going to give you some specific places where he says that. Okay. Ecclesiastes 9.7. This in the Old Testament, this is the Good News Translation. Go ahead, eat your food and be happy. Drink your wine and be cheerful. It's all right with God. Did you know he said that? He says that. Second reference, Philippians 4.4. 4, this is the English Standard Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. This one you probably heard. Um, Psalms 81.1, also the Good News Translation. Shout for joy to God our Defender. Sing praise to the God of Jacob. And the last one, and there are many more, but these I'm just doing these four. The last one I'm citing is Matthew 5.12. Be happy and excited. You will have a great reward in heaven. Okay, so these are pretty clear, y'all. This is not just saying, well, if you feel like it, sometimes do it. This is saying, do it. We need to learn to be happy. And we're going to talk about why in a little bit. This one kind of threw me. I had not seen this before until I, until I started doing some research. If I had seen it, I wasn't really aware of it. Here's what the Bible says will happen when we are not happy. This is, because some of y'all are going to question this, I promise it's what it says, Deuteronomy 28, 47, and 48. Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48. This is also from the Good News Translation. The Lord blessed you in every way but you would not serve him with glad and joyful hearts. So then you will serve the enemies that the Lord is going to send against you. You will be hungry, thirsty, and naked, in need of everything. The Lord will oppress you harshly until you are destroyed. Okay, y'all, that's pretty harsh. Um, I think if I were saying this to my children, I would have tried to be a little more politically correct, but you know, this is God and this is what he said. He said it very directly. So it must matter. Our being happy is important and it matters. So why is it so important? And you may never have thought about that. You may have kind of thought, well, yeah, it's better to be happy than be sad. But I don't think a lot of us realize that God tells us we need to be happy, that it matters. Here is some reasons why it matters. It's important for people to see Christians as happy, glad, joyful, cheerful, all those things for several reasons. One is because it is a positive witness to the rest of the world. A joyful and happy demeanor can serve as a positive witness and it can attract other people to, to God to find out more about him. If people see Christians as these sour pusses with these long faces who never have any fun, y'all, that is not attractive. Nobody wants that. So if that is the image that you're projecting, you may think that you're being a super Christian. You're kind of not. So again, being happy is important because it matters how other people see us. 
It's also a way of reflecting faith. When we show happiness, we are reflecting the inner peace and fulfillment that comes from having a deep faith. And it makes Christianity more appealing to those who are wanting some type of spiritual fulfillment. Our happiness and contentment shows God in and his love in a favorable light to the people who are watching. And y'all, there are always people watching. You may think there are not, but they are. In fact, I remember when I was in high school, one of the sayings that was popular at the time is, you may be the only Bible some people ever read. That's a little scary and kind of sad, but it is true. Especially if people know that you go to church and you read your Bible and you do these things. They are going to be watching you. They want to see what's different about you. So we want there to be things that they see differently. Okay, another reason. We want to counteract stereotypes. In a world, uh, in our world, there are stereotypes about religious people. And it kind of can portray, um, portraying joy breaks down negative stereotypes. So we, be, we come across as more authentic and more attractive and people, and I don't mean attractive in a physical way, but just that we draw people to something. So again, that's a reason for it. We also can provide inspiration to other people. When people see us as being joyful and happy and cheerful, that inspires them and encourages them to seek a similar source of joy and happiness in their lives. And that's because happiness, joy, contentment, and gladness, all those things are very attractive to other people. You know, you've probably known someone who was a Debbie Downer or a Don, Donald Downer or whatever. And it's kind of sad for them that, that they're just very negative. Um, yeah, very, not very happy people. And what's also sad, I've always thought, is that not very many people want to be around them. Because they're just doom and gloom, and we don't like that. So it's not attractive to other people. Uh, another reason that it's important for people to see us as happy is because it's a way of expressing gratitude. When we are happy, we are thanking God for all the things that he's done for us. And, you know, if you don't believe that you have been blessed by God, you need to take another look. I was... And I do think it was fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to be raised in a third world country. And I could see a big a big line between different worlds. It was very, very obvious. And if you, again, think that God hasn't really done much for you, <clears throat> I'm not trying to be ugly about this, but go volunteer at a homeless shelter. Go serve at a soup kitchen. Go you know, do something that gets you out of your comfort zone and you will see that you are. When my boys were maybe first and third grade, second or fourth, something like that, our church at the time uh, that we were in Oklahoma went on a mission trip and it was to a border town in Mexico and it was basically a slum. It was, uh, I think in Brazil, they call them favelas. It's, it's a slum where people live big one. And I mean, it was very eye-opening. I was old enough. I was in high school, I think, at the time. And so I could see, I don't, I don't know that, um, no, wait, that's when I was married and you know, I had my sons. I, I, I was not in high school when I had a second, fourth grader, sorry. Uh, I was an adult. That really did not turn out well. Um, 
But I don't think the boys were quite old enough to really understand it all, but the adults did. These people were living in, I'm not kidding, cardboard houses. There was no running water. There were sewage just kind of ran through there. They were all running around barefoot. Uh, it was it was a very different experience. It was very eye-opening. So again, if you think that you are not blessed by God and you are living in this country, I'd probably argue with you on that. And so this is a way of thanking God when we are happy, we're thanking him for the things that he has done for us. Also, it's a way of building positive relationships when we're happy. Positive and joyful Christians are more likely to build those strong, positive relationships. Again, no one wants to hang around someone who has a long face and who is, uh, I don't know if y'all ever read Winnie the Pooh. I grew up on him and I love that. My favorite character is Eeyore and he's a donkey and he's always kind of sad and not happy. And I mean, it was funny in Winnie the Pooh. It's not funny in real life. Um, I think a lot of people think that they're more spiritual when they are very serious and solemn. And again, it's just not attractive. So I, I don't think God is impressed by it. Another reason to be happy is we are living out biblical principles. Principles. The Bible encourages us to embody things such as love, peace, and joy. And showing happiness is a way of living out those principles. I have truly come to believe that my working on, I don't do it perfectly, but working on being happy in all circumstances shows how much I trust God to take care of me. I may not understand what he's doing. I may not like everything that he's doing. But when I am able to be happy in all circumstances, that's showing that I trust him. There is also, it's just a show of faith. And it goes along with what I was just saying. A joyful Christian lends credibility to faith, showing that what they are following or what we are following is not just a set of beliefs, but it's a transformative relationship. And that relationship with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, brings about happiness in us. How could it not? So that's important too. It also provides an inviting atmosphere. Um, a church with a welcoming environment and lots of praise and worship is always appealing. People are drawn to it. They're not drawn to, you know, churches were as much, I will say that, where people are very serious and it's very low-key, and nobody is welcoming. I, that's just not, we tend to not gravitate toward that. It also is a way to show we have this inner peace that God has given us. Joyful Christians often reflect inner peace. And boy, that is such a huge contrast to all the stress that's going on in the world around us. And that, other people are attracted to that sense of serenity. We need to be different from the world around us. God tells us that. He created us to stand out and to point others toward him. Okay, so why are Christians then not happier? Okay, there are a few reasons. And again, this one especially I got out from uh, the book Happiness by Randy Alcorn. The first one is blessed versus happy. I didn't know this until I read his book. There's some confusion in the Bible translations. When the Bible was originally translated into English in the early 1600s, Blessed and happy were synonyms. They meant the same thing. They were used interchangeably. So when someone wrote, you will be blessed, everybody knew that meant you will be happy. 
We don't know that. Now, in the same way, like today, we might describe a day as bright and sunny. It means the same thing. We get that. However, today, blessed and happy do not mean the same thing. So when we read like in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, blessed are, you know, all the things, we don't translate that as God saying, you're going to be happy if you do these things. We think blessed is this spiritual state of being somehow super Christian thing. Um, and that's not what was meant at all. And it's taken me a while to make that transition in my thinking. So here's a better idea of what the Bible is telling us on the Sermon of the Mount. This is, again, it's from the Good News Translation. And I recently, several months ago, switched. I have the Bible app. I don't know if y'all have that or not. It's amazing. And you can pick your um, translation. I was using ESV, which I like a lot. But the Good News Translation does a better job of talking about happiness. Because again, when we hear blessed, y'all, we are not getting that that means happy. So here's what the Good News Translation says, and this is the Beatitudes. Happy are those who know that they are spiritually poor, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn. God will comfort them. Happy are those who are humble. They will receive what God has promised. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. Happy are those who are merciful to others. God will be merciful to them. Happy are the pure in heart. They will see God. I love that. Happy are those who work for peace. God will call them his children. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil against you because you are my followers. Be happy and glad for a great reward is kept for you in heaven. This is how the prophets who lived before you were persecuted. That is what we should be getting when we read the Beatitudes. And when we hear blessed, we don't get that. So that's one reason I think people have trouble with the whole happiness concept, which leads into the next point, why we probably don't do it as much. Happiness can feel unspiritual. A lot of us are not really sure that God really means for us to be happy. A lot of us have this picture of sitting solemnly in church listening to a sermon and saying amen periodically is how we're supposed to worship, right? I mean, that's the picture a lot of us have. I have struggled with this myself at times. Through research, reading, and different teachings I've experienced, I've come to the conclusion that God really does want to enjoy us to enjoy him and to enjoy the gifts that he is giving us. So when I go walk outside and enjoy the sunshine, trees, flowers, and warm breeze, and I thank God for all of these. It is an act of worship, y'all. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I'm being happy, which is also what he wants me to do. I think another reason we struggle with the whole thought of being happy is there is a danger. And this, this has some validity, validity of putting things, people, or experiences that make us happy before God. So, yes, God wants us to be happy. We need to do that. But we also need to be sure and keep God as our primary source of happiness. And recognize that all the other things that give us pleasure and make us happy are secondary and they come from him. So um, this, is, this is from the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Secondary things are not incidental or unimportant. They're God's gifts to draw us to him. So we should never disdain the created world. But by putting God first and his creation second, 
The world and its beauties become instruments of joy and worship. We love them better when we love God more than them. Why do we watch the World Series or the Olympics? Why do we go to the Grand Canyon, the Alps, or the ocean? Why do we want to get near bigness and beauty and magnificence? Because we find happiness in beholding what's greater than ourselves. It's what we were made for, an infinitely great, happy-making God. Okay, I think another reason, and this is one that I have lately, finally figured out, because the Bible tells us to be happy always. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How do we do that? I mean, y'all, some circumstances are so difficult and so hard that it can just be impossible to rejoice in them. It's impossible to be happy a lot of times that, at least in the beginning, that you lost your job, even though that may lead to something better later, or that a loved one has been diagnosed with an illness. That is hard to be happy about. It's just not natural to be happy about things like that. Um, your house burning down, facing bankruptcy, suffering a personal betrayal. And for years, this was a stumbling block for me. How on earth could I rejoice about those things or other things like them? And I really felt like an inferior Christian in this area. However, it's another good reason to go to church. Recently, I heard a sermon on the topic and realized that what that verse says is, in everything, give thanks, not for everything. Give thanks. There's a world of difference. When I'm in the middle of a horrible situation, I don't have to be happy about it, thank goodness. But I can and should be happy that God is with me every step of the way and will never abandon me. He will give me strength, encouragement, wisdom, and guidance to get through the situation. And I can be really happy about that. That was a game changer for me. And I don't think I'm alone in misinterpreting that verse. A lot of us decide that since we can't be happy about really bad circumstances, there must be something wrong with us. So we start to pull away from God just when we need him the most. But remember, we need to be happy in all things, not for all things. Big, big difference. Okay, so let's look at some ways that we can and should seek happiness. I mean, there's lots of them. One is to pursue meaningful relationships. Spend time with fam family, friends, loved ones who will uplift you and support you. When we are around positive people who love us and we love them, it is so encouraging. It just makes a world of difference. Prayer and meditation. Connect with God through prayer to help find inner peace and joy. This is one of those things that I just feel and I try to stay connected with God all throughout the day. I'm always sending up quick little prayers, just quick ones. Thank you for this. What should I do about that? Help me with this. And it's a, it's a way of staying plugged in to him. Bible study. Regularly engage in Bible study to gain insights into God's teachings on joy and contentment. He left us this roadmap that tells us what to do, how to do things. But if we don't read it, we are not going to know what we're supposed to be doing. So we need to read it. Enjoy leisure and recreation. Y'all find activities that you enjoy, that bring you joy and passion. Explore new hobbies and interests. 
You're not going to like everything that you try. That's okay. Don't do the ones you don't like again, but you'll find some that you do. Explore and enjoy activities that align with your interest and that showcase the talents that God has given you. So don't be afraid to do that. God meant us to enjoy ourselves, not by hurting other people, not by doing sinful activities, but just by staying within his will and enjoying the things that he's given us. Um, Experiencing adventure and exploration, traveling, trying new things, trying out different experiences. Y'all, God made a beautiful world for us. And when we connect with nature by spending time outside and enjoy activities like walking, hiking, I don't know, just appreciating all that's out there, it helps us stay connected to God and we are happier. A big one to stay happy is to practice gratitude. We need to cultivate a spirit of gratitude by thanking God for the things he's blessed us with and recognizing all the positive things that are in our life. We need to focus on and appreciate all the positive things. And one way to do this is to keep a gratitude gratitude journal. That didn't turn out right. Um, regularly write down the things that you're thankful for. And you know, it doesn't have to be anything hugely, you know, an hour a day. If you write down three to five things every day that you're thankful for, date it and then write them down. It's a way of drawing your attention to those things so that you focus on them more and are more mindful of them. Also, helping others is a good way to make you happy. That sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it really does happen. And I really come to believe that it's important to, yes, to help others serve God that way, but it's also really important to do this with a positive attitude and cheerful heart. That's something God convicted me of lately. God is not impressed by our grudging obedience. Grudging obedience is better than disobedience, barely. But God wants us to serve him gladly. I believe that. Then forgiveness. Sometimes we need to forgive others. We need to forgive ourselves. That's a way of increasing happiness. Finding balance. This can be a tough one today. Striving for balance between work, personal life, and self-care. And I am constantly checking myself to see how I'm doing in this area. When we were growing up, my dad pastored churches. And so mom was obviously by default a pastor's wife. And when we would go to a different church and, you know, they were doing the interviewing process, <clears throat> she would make very clear to the people in the committee that her family came first. Because at that time, they most churches kind of expected a twofer. They got the pastor, they paid him a salary, and the wife came free, and she did all kinds of other things. And mom made it very clear that she had five kids. She had a husband. And so if she had time, she would do some things on the church, but her family was her priority. That's what God had given her. And I absolutely believe that's true. Cultivating a positive mindset is really another way to learn to be happy. Focus on positive thoughts and maintaining an optimistic outlook. And one of the ways to do that is just reduce exposure to negative news and social media. I, several months ago, I just quit listening to the news. I, I don't watch it anymore. Um, I have very little, um, exposure on social media. I'll get on Facebook every now and then just to see what like friends and family are doing that I haven't talked to for a while, but I don't spend hours and hours there. Yeah. Surround yourself with positive influences. Maintain physical health. That's a good one. Prioritize health through exercise, good nutrition, regular checkups, um, get enough sleep. Practicing self-care is a great way 
to feel happier. Because again, your body is a temple. Remember? Talked about that. So taking care of yourself is a good thing. Celebrating success. Acknowledging and celebrating achievements is a good way to feel happy. When we pat ourselves on the back every now and then, it's kind of a way of acknowledging that we're on the right track. And it makes us feel good, makes us feel happy. So why not? I'm not saying, you know, take out an ad in the paper, I guess, put it on social media now that you did whatever, but acknowledging it at least to yourself, you know, that's not a bad thing. Also setting some boundaries to protect your personal well-being and balance. Practice compassion, self-compassion and compassion to others. And part of the way that we do that is we accept the fact that we are imperfect. I know this will be a shock to some of you. Sorry, but there it is. And we learn from our mistakes without harsh self-judgments. I said this before. A lot of times we need to remember that God loves us and we need to love ourselves. It's okay to do that. Laugh and have fun. That's a good way to be happy. Seek out humor and engage in activities that make you laugh. Surround yourself with positivity and joy. Develop resilience by viewing challenges as opportunities for growth. You know, this is another way of trusting God and resting in his promises. Do we believe he's in control or not? And then worship and praise. I think this is such a big one. Attend church services, sing praises, worship God, connect with other believers, get fed and taught. I've talked about this before. Boy, COVID was a real uh, wake-up call for me because I had really taken going to church for granted. And there were times, I will say not terribly many, but more than there should have been, where, yeah, you know, I just had too much going on and I just, I didn't go. I would, when I did not attend, I would almost always at least watch it online because we had that going prior to COVID. But boy, once I couldn't go, I missed it horribly. I watched it every week online. It was better than nothing. And as soon as they opened the doors, even though I'm sure some of y'all remember this, we had to sit like so many seats apart and we you know, had to wear the masks in and all this stuff. I didn't care. I was back in church. And I don't think I had missed unless I was out of town since we got to go back in and I don't plan on it. It it nourishes me. It makes me happy to go to church. So I do that. All right. Here are some Bible verses about happiness. Psalm 144, 15. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. God is our Lord. We should be happy about that. Proverbs 15, 13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. I think when we have too much negativity in our lives, it can crush our spirits. We need to focus, to choose to focus on positive, happy things. That's not ignoring the uh, bad things, but it's choosing. We, we can choose to focus on those and have doom and gloom, or we can say, okay, Lord, I can't really fix this. I need your help here, but help me to stay happy anyway, in spite of all the stuff that's going on. Another in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I love that. Another good one. John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you 
and that your joy may be full. Y'all, joy is another synonym for happiness. Joy, happiness, gladness. They all mean the same thing. God wants us to be happy and joyful. And I remember, some of y'all may have heard this growing up, um, the, the, the distinction between joy and happiness, that they were two different things, that Christians should have joy, but happiness wasn't important. That's a false distinction. That is not true. And Randy Alcorn addresses it in his book, and I was so happy to hear that, because I grew up hearing that and thinking, that doesn't make any sense at all. And yeah, it doesn't. They're the same. Okay, another one, First First uh, Timothy 6.6, 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Love that. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And if that's something that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will, that God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is always there for us. That should be pretty happy making. Uh, let's see, Psalm 68, 3, let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. When a, one scripture verse repeats those things, kind of compounds them, what they're saying is, you really need to do this. This is important. Don't forget. So that verse is really telling us we need to rejoice. We need to be happy. Okay, Psalm 97, 11, light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. I like that. And then one more, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So again, when you are giving to your local church, and I hope that you are, or to missions or to, you know, I try to give, I give to my church, I give to local Christian organizations, and then I give to uh, kind of like national or worldly Christian organizations like, um, gosh, Water is Life. It's one of my favorites, started by a friend of mine. World Vision, uh, The Navigators, Campus Crusade, although they call it Crew now. Those are all some uh, bigger ones, national, world worldwide is what I'm trying to say. Then I give to some local ones. Um, Mission Waco, which is here in Waco, Christian Women's Job Corps, my local church. So I try to do a balance. And I try to be happy about this because, y'all, I have some time where I was giving, but I was doing it reluctantly and fearfully because I was afraid, well, if I give this and I'm not going to have enough. And I was being obedient and that was good. But it wasn't really a blessing for me because I was doing it so reluctantly. I really have, that's a corner that I have been able to turn in the past few years. That when I give now, I give thankfully because God has blessed me so much. So be happy, y'all. God wants us to be happy. It is okay. Work on doing that. And I hope that this has blessed you and will help you do that some more. All right. Let me tell you a few fun facts. These are about Texas, not necessarily Waco. Okay. The Alamo. Remember the Alamo? had to say that, um, is located in San Antonio. It's where Texas defenders fell to Mexican General Santa Ana. And the phrase, remember the Alamo, originated. The Alamo is considered the cradle of Texas liberty and the state's most popular historic site. However, I had to include this. The silos here in Waco, you know, Magnolia Market, they are a close second to it. 
a shopping area is almost overtaking the Alamo. And I think at some point they may do that. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, I didn't know this at all. More wool comes from the state of Texas than any other state in the United States. I don't recall ever seeing sheep around here, but uh, they're here somewhere in Texas because we have all the wool. Uh, and the Edwards Plateau in West Central Texas is the top sheep growing area in the country. Who knew? Okay. So along with this podcast and Waco Hypnosis Center, I'm available for public speaking. And if you would like to have me for an event, you can contact me through my website at www.drmelissarich.com or you can email me at info at drmelissarich.com. Y'all, I hope this was helpful. Um, I really just think this is such an important topic. So take it to heart, be happy, smile, and just work on that. Thank you all so much for listening and I hope that you will be back next week. Bye.